so help me it does. You got the moon and a sucker singing like this. Girls walking around. The music that connects us this week. Saturday at 6 on Radio Catskill. This is WJFF Jeffersonville W233AH Monticello. WJFF Jeffersonville. You're listening to Radio Catskill. Support local news, info, and music. Give now at WJFFradio.org. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. This is where we discuss vet-centric topics, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the hope that listeners will better understand our veterans, our veterans will know they're not alone, and perhaps along the way, we'll learn something about each other. We sincerely hope to accomplish that mission. The opinions expressed herein are mine alone as a veteran. Tonight, we'll chat with Deb Warden, Executive Director of Action Toward Independence in Monticello, for an update on operations and some exciting news for area veterans. We'll also touch base with Lori Bryceland, founder and executive director of the Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship in Greenville, New York. But first, as we do every fourth Wednesday of the month, here is Dawn Shaw, director of VA Hudson Valley's Healthcare System, with the latest updates from your VA Today. Hello. I'd like to share with you today information about VA Hudson Valley's new modernized website. At VA Hudson Valley, our primary focus is those who have borne the battle, our veterans. That's why we jumped on the opportunity to be one of the first adopters of VA's new modernized websites rolling out across the nation. By the time your listeners hear this, VA Hudson Valley will have a new, more user-friendly website developed using months of research and feedback from our veterans. Our new website is not only easier to navigate, it's designed so the content our veterans search for most are front and center. Whether you're a veteran who uses VA Hudson Valley for care or a former service member looking to enroll in VA healthcare, our new website will provide a seamless experience that gets you to the information you're looking for and tools for obtaining the high quality healthcare you earned. Check out how VA Hudson Valley is taking steps towards providing our veterans with the best online experience in the federal government by visiting hudsonvalley.va.gov or searching online for VA Hudson Valley Healthcare System. I also want to remind everybody of a couple in very important phone numbers for VA Hudson Valley. And first, we have our Veteran Crisis Line, which is 1-800-273-8255, and press 1. And also, what I've previously spoke about, our VA Health Connect, which is our new uh, contact center to help with lots of healthcare needs, and that can, is a 24-7 line that can be reached 1-800-877-6976. And now, I just can't finish without acknowledging uh, the recent U.S. US withdrawal of Afghanistan and takeover by the Taliban. 
Veterans of all eras are reacting to these gut-wrenching developments, and some veterans are questioning the meaning of their service or whether it was worth the sacrifices they made. Others may feel moral distress about experiences they had during their service. To all the veterans listening, please know it's entirely normal to feel this way and you are not alone. If you are feeling this way, please talk with your friends and families, reach out to battle buddies, connect with a peer-to-peer network, or sign up for mental health services. At VA Hudson Valley, we know the sacrifices our veterans have made can never be repaid, but that will not stop us from trying. So please reach out to if you need support or just want someone to listen. We are here for you. Thank you. day events, but ultimately the decision to raise our hands, take the oath of enlistment, and potentially go into harm's way has everything to do with how we think and feel about our country, our families, and the fundamental liberties and freedoms accorded to us all by the U.S. Constitution. Regardless of how, why, or when we served, the U.S. military is a family. There's a common shared experience, a brotherhood that allows us all, regardless of age, rank, branch, or campaign, to enjoy an instant bond. Now, most of us can agree that after 20 years, it was past time to bring our troops home from Afghanistan. So the question is not whether we should leave, but how we choose to ensure the safe extraction of U.S. citizens, our military troops, and those who have worked with us for 20 years. Our NATO allies share the same concerns for their service members and citizens. And then there is the strategic decommissioning of non-essential facilities, the destruction of hardware and software of use to our enemies. It's even harder when our government does not seem to know who the enemy is. How often have we heard the phrase, the U.S. does not negotiate with terrorists? Yet here we are. So what we have witnessed is a failure of epic proportions. It's not a failure caused by some unexpected act of God or something which was impossible to predict. No, sadly, our commander-in-chief, our elected officials, and our senior military membership have demonstrated total incompetence and betrayal of the trust of our troops, our veterans, our citizens, our contractors, our allies, those who have risked their lives to help the U.S. stay alive, and most importantly, those who gave their last full measure on my America. Five days before his election in 2007, Barack Obama said, quote, We're now five days away from fundamentally transforming America. Well, Barack, your prophetic vision is sadly becoming a reality. Well, it's not all that surprising as a growing number of educators, school boards, universities, corporations, and yes, Even our military leadership have become enlightened and seem to favor historic revision based upon the idea that the U.S. is fundamentally flawed and that our country and our military is built upon a crumbling foundation of white supremacy, masochism, and discrimination. The color of one's skin means more than a person's character, and the outcome matters more than the opportunity. So riddle me this, if those of us who are white males are the major problem, why would you ask us to go into harm's way to protect you and defend a country which is fundamentally flawed and not worth defending? More importantly, why should we accept? The answer is simple. Those who serve and have served don't care about the color of your skin, your religion, your sexual orientation, or your politics. On the battlefield, none of that matters. You protect your buddies, period. And collectively we say to the citizens of the U.S., nothing's going to harm you, not on our watch. We're all in the same foxhole, you know, and we better start acting like it. As the cancer of wokeness metastasizes throughout our culture and our country, 
We're witnessing the systemic dismantling of the institutions that have made America the terrible place where everyone wants to come. The formerly rich quilt of our diverse culture is being reduced to a pile of discarded rags. The rule of law, borders, education, respect, sovereignty, and freedom are all victims of this transformation. Is it any wonder our military is also crumbling? Enlistments are down. A lot of folks are retiring early. Sound familiar? The study of civics, our founding, and our Constitution is slowly being replaced with a curriculum more concerned with teaching children they have no gender. There are no winners or losers, no right or wrong, and the people must be judged by the color of their skin. The result? A vast galactic quilt of insanity stitched together with feelings and labels devoid of reality. How will our children survive in the real world? Or perhaps we should ask, how real will their world be? The quote, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is attributed to Albert Einstein. But like the child learning to ride their first bike, some lessons must be learned the hard way. Vietnam, for example, was a huge mistake. After more than a decade, the U.S. left in defeat abandoning those we were supposed to free of oppression in a wake of death and human suffering. Sound familiar? Between the official combat deaths, 58,000-plus, the latent effects of horrific injuries, suicide, and exposure to Agent Orange, we have now lost over 350,000 U.S. service members to Vietnam. Those who did return to the world were subjected to unspeakable disrespect by galactically stupid people who directed their frustration against the war at the very folks who fought to preserve their right to do so, instead of the government that sent them there. That atmosphere served to further embitter those who returned broken by physical or moral injury as a result of what they had seen, done, or failed to do. And on top of that, service members had to fight with the VA for the benefits they've earned. That fight continues. Sadly, many of these folks have died or taken their own lives before they were approved to get the treatment they had earned. Well, perhaps if we delay approval process long enough, there will be fewer cases to worry about. Now, some of our heroes on Capitol Hill, you know, those exemplary statesmen and stateswomen who have suckled at the public teat for, I don't know, most of their lives, probably were among the first to label the returning Vietnam troops baby killers. That, of course, is before military service became a badge of honor and another way to garner votes. It's clear that as a nation we're divided, but how divided are we? I question anyone who prefaces a statement with something like the vast majority of the American people. I believe this division is more a product of a narrative specifically designed to convince us that government is the answer to everything and no longer requires the consent of the governed to codify its authority over U.S. citizens. In reality, it's a small number of people with big platforms and bigger mouths who are sowing the seeds of division in this country for political gain. No veteran should ever question the value of their service. You may have taken part in a major offensive or a righteous fight for human rights to liberate the oppressed, but you also made a huge difference to people you touched in passing. Perhaps it was a simple kindness to a child or a, a bit of help to those whose lives have been torn apart by war. You did your duty. You showed the world the American spirit, and the impact of those memories cannot be taken away. Now, it's our elected officials and military leadership at the highest levels who have betrayed their oath of office and are derelict in their duty to protect and defend our Constitution. When you reflect upon the blatant hypocrisy, ignorance, sheer stupidity, sophomoric antics, and divisive actions of many who slither about the morass of Capitol Hill and the White House, why would anyone trust these people with their lives? So what have we learned? Well, in some circles... We service members and veterans are considered low-skilled, uneducated folks who enlist primarily as a last resort. The U.S. military is being incrementally transformed from the world's preeminent fighting machine to another political tool, something to be tolerated, not celebrated. 
Trust in our government is waning. Public education is becoming blatantly antithetical to the foundational values of our country. And the list goes on. So when I started this rant, we asked the question, why do we serve? Well, perhaps the question should be, will there still be those of us willing to serve in the future? Well, let not your heart be troubled, because going forward, we may not have a choice. The good news is that despite a carefully orchestrated movement to fundamentally transform America from the land of the free because of the brave to a vast dystopia where government reigns supreme and compliance is the rule, I believe in the American spirit and the ability of the American people to think objectively and separate fiction from propaganda and reality. Admiral Yamamoto said following the attack on Pearl Harbor, I fear we've wakened a sleeping giant. Well, I believe in the core of this country, you know, those who actually do the hard work every day, and that this silent majority is another sleeping giant, and as we speak, is awakening on the wrong side of the bed with a hangover. It's past time for those of us who believe in this country to let our voices be heard. Take every opportunity to counter the false narratives being foisted on us. We're to make sure that succeeding generations know the true history of this country. To be Americans. I loud and proud America. For you, but the line from the movie Network seems very appropriate. For me, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. There's something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes We're seeing things in a different way There's something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes We're seeing things in a different way And God knows it ain't His It sure ain't no surprise of action toward independence in uh, Monticello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. We called to get an update on some exciting things that are going on with the organization. But, you know, before we do that, I always like to go back and refresh folks' memories. So Action Toward Independence is a, a wonderful agency who helps folks with their inabilities, we're not going to use the word disabilities, right, Deb? We say different abilities. Different abilities. Okay, thank you. So the the object of your organization is to help people find the tools that they need to make it on their own. Maybe that's an oversimplification, but I think we hit it pretty close. <laughs> thank you very much, Doug. Yes, we are. We're a nonprofit, five hundred one c three agency that serves Sullivan and Orange counties, and we help any person who has any type of disability. Okay, and what are some of the things that you do? What are some of your key programs? We have children's programs currently going on now. Programs for children on the autism spectrum. We have social skills programs, life skills programs, especially for those teenagers who are starting to transition to live independently and to work, eat, and play in our local community and, and want to function as productive citizens. We also have programs for individuals who are caring for loved ones with dementia or traumatic brain injuries and other types of forms of dementia with more music programs. We provide peer advocacy and support your counseling, benefit advisement. There's a lot of things coming down the, the pike, you know, for people to apply for to help them through these very challenging times. And we 
provide advocates and staff to meet those needs and to help people navigate the various programs that they might be eligible for. And then a side thing on top of everything that we do in working with adults and children and everyone in between, we have a Wounded Warrior program. We provide service dogs to veterans who have PTSD. That program, thankfully, we've been receiving a grant through the Wounded Warrior program, and we're part of a research project through Bethesda Uniform University in trying to work with veterans who have PTSD. How's that program going? Oh, my gosh. We are so happy. We just found out just about two weeks ago that we have been renewed for another year to continue our program. We have amazing results in connecting veterans with service dogs. They go through a whole training program. As you know, Doug, we've talked about this before, that the veterans, we usually end up getting dogs from local shelters. You know, we kind of feel that they rescue each other, and it's just been an amazing program with, with wonderful results. The veterans are able to work and be more active and engaged in our community because it's really challenging with PTSD or as sometimes we, we prefer PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury, because it's been really hard and there's a lot of stigma with mental illness and veterans especially struggle with reaching out to get assistance. So that's just been wonderful. And that has led us to where we are today with getting another vet program. Well, I'm going to ask you about that. How's my buddy Mark Herbert? (laughs) Your buddy is an amazing uh, advocate. Mark Herbert has worked really hard. Um, He came on to ATI staff working as a peer advocate for veterans and really promoting the Wounded Warrior Program. It was so successful, and he's just done so amazing with our agency that we actually promoted him into a managerial position, so he's overseeing the Wounded Warrior Program in addition to some of our offices in Orange County. During that time, Mark became very involved with a lot of the veteran programs in our neighboring counties because some of our people live on the border between, you know, different areas, and thankfully ATI isn't as restricted by county boundaries as some other programs, so we were able to help those in Ulster, Duchess, Rockland, you know, wherever else the need is, Wayne, Pike, you know, PA even. So Mark has been super busy. One of the things that he really was advocating for with our local uh, lawmakers and, and individuals very involved with the budget is to bring what's called the Joseph Dwyer vet to vet program to Sullivan County. PFC Joseph P. Dwyer was a gentleman. He was an Iraq War hero from, uh, I think it was um, Mount Sinai, New York, and he suffered terribly with PTSD and TBI. And this program is in honor of him to deliver services to help understand and personally make an impact on the individuals who have those two very difficult and challenging disabilities. Well, and that's really good news because now we have really three strong vet-to-vet agencies in adjoining counties. Uh, You have it in, in, uh, of course, with Larry Newman in Middletown, Orange County, and and now you folks in Sullivan County and uh, my friend Gavin Waters up in uh, Ulster County. Correct, yeah, and Dutchess County also has a great uh, vet-to-vet program, so we're so excited. And Mark has really worked hard to establish relationships, you know, because, again, we're serving clients with the Wounded Warrior Program in those other various counties, and that's how we kind of got connected with the other vet-to-vet programs so that we're able to all be on the same page in helping individuals so if perhaps, you know, someone is in that outlying area or in a more difficult area to access in a county but are closer to us, we'll now be able, you know, to really help them in a lot of different ways. And it's about providing comprehensive support programs that include, you know, not only all the services that we talked about, but also it's going to, this funding allows ATI now to put on social activities and promote community engagement for veterans who have maybe had a harder time transitioning from military to civilian life. So now we're going to have so much more effort and, and funding in Sullivan County, and I'm so excited about it. Now, is that an annual funding request that you have to go for? Or? 
We hope so. <laughs> we hope it's going to be an annual supplement you know, to our funding for this year. It is a considerable amount. We are actually now have positions open. We are looking for veteran peer advocates that we will be hiring and training individuals to help veterans uh, going through this process. So we do hope that it will be a reoccurring and sustainable program as it is with the other counties. It is in the state Office of Mental Health Budget. So this year it was put in as well for Sullivan County. So we're super happy. Well, I know they had some they had some issues uh, getting funding through this year. Uh, certainly in Ulster County, I'm not sure about Orange County, but I hope you don't run into problems like that going forward because it should be a permanent part. In your opinion, programs like this, where you're actually interacting with the veteran with their peers, that can relate to the military experience and, and possibly the the uh, the more precise experience that that person has had in the theater of occupation or wherever they served in the time that they served, that has a real impact on veteran suicide, doesn't it? 100%. I, I 100% agree with that. And, and I think that um, having an agency, and I agree with you about having these programs around on a regular basis, we've been... Um, most fortunate that we have great um, programs and agencies that have been making a considerable impact. So they want to keep funding us. We're obviously making some strides in our efforts. We use a person-centered approach, as you know, but we also, we are a peer-run organization. Over 51% of our staff have a disability. So you do have that peer approach. And I can't express how important that is with a veteran. Having a veteran being able to talk to another veteran who has, like you said, been there, similar experiences, similar circumstances under that same culture and being really aware of what others have gone through. And right now, one of the things that I love is that we have male and female veteran peer advocates on our staff now with the Wounded Warrior Program, and we want to just even make that grow even more. So to have a really good eclectic group of advocates who are veterans, I think will only just help us in our mission to really helping and empower people. Because you're right, just giving someone a check to pay for their groceries this week is not going to address maybe the underlying problem that they are unable to keep a job because of their PTSD. You know, so we're here to look at the whole picture, not just, you know, problem solve in this one particular area. So this gives them an opportunity to be exposed to all of the different programs that ATI has, whether it's information, outreach, referral, independent living skills, training, job readiness skills. It's really hard to, you know, as, as you know, Doug, my husband was in, in this service for 20 years, and he would ask me, is this how they do it in the civilian world, you know, if it was something that had come up? And so there is a difference between those two areas of where you work. And then when you go to a civilian job, it, there's a, a bit of a difference. So I think having people that you can call up and talk to, it just gives such an incredible amount of understanding to that person in need. Will there be off hours availability like a um, a hotline if if uh, somebody needs to reach out or or is a client already well i would I do know that one of the program benefits is that we're now and especially with covid we had received additional money to have um, more of our um, outreach and our work off-site, so like we now have our cell phones and we're able to, to go out and about. With this particular veteran program, I would still greatly recommend, you know, that people uh, stay tuned. We're going to be definitely doing a lot of work to decide where we're going to utilize the funds and how best to utilize them. I still always recommend anyone who's having a challenging time, uh, you know, and especially with suicide prevention, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273-8255, and that is 24-7. Also in New York State, they have Project Hope, which, because it's been really challenging during the pandemic, uh, it, really, really hard for people, and Project Hope is a way that uh, they're able to talk to people and discuss in New York State, you know, things that have been a real challenge. So we're going to see and do some assessment once we especially get more staff on board. Mark is going to be overseeing this program as well, uh, which we're super, <laughs> like, amazingly happy about because he's just really 
taken on so much with the veteran programming and done an amazing job. So we're going to be uh, expanding ATI services and, and even possibly doing things in other areas of the county. We want to do more outreach because, again, we're very rural. It's hard to get, you know, for people to access us. We need to go to them. And also the other thing we're going to be doing is a lot of community outreach programs, you know, again, social activities, veteran-focused. We are part of um, Sullivan County Veterans Association and ATI are sponsor, or one of the sponsors for the Hudson Valley Renegades uh, Veteran Appreciation Game. So we're just going to, and we're also going to do our Operation Wellness again now that uh, some restrictions are easy to have the program grow. Well, you do remarkable work, and, and the folks that work with you, and, and, and Mark is um, an exceptional young man. I mean, I met him when he first started, and um, yeah. I, I think uh, that he has grown quite a lot with the program, and and it's it's great to see. So now we spend a lot of time talking about these issues on Let's Talk Vets, and one of the things that I've noted is um, the role that uh, creative arts has in helping veterans reintegrate, and uh, it's remarkable working with uh, some of the organizations in the area that do creative things. Uh, one, one outfit down in Jersey grinds up old uniforms and makes paper. So you yeah. have the Warrior Writers Workshop. Um, I do know um, one of the things, is, speaking of creative, we've expanded again having to do virtual programs You know, during COVID. We started doing this music program online. It started on Facebook Live, and now we've you know uh, evolved to Zoom. So we do a Zoom program, and the music therapy we have one for children ages you know two weeks to five years of age, and another program for caregivers with people with any type of dementia that can be from a traumatic brain injury as well. And we are going to be exploring music programs for veterans. I, I 100% agree with you that we have to look at different ways of serving our populations because not one program fits everybody. While a lot of veterans might be really into certain activities or sports, you have other veterans that have no desire whatsoever. And we just, it is our role and our job is to reach with offering as much variety of services as possible. Because I think that's the only way that we're going to, you know, really be successful if, if we look at how we provide our programs and have program delivery. Does it really meet as many people and their needs as possible? Right. And it's uh, rough up there. So I will offer on behalf of the station and on behalf of Let's Talk Vets, if you get to a point where you have a program that we can come in and record and 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 do some live work. I I will do that for you. Oh, thank you, Doug. I would love that absolutely. And I I do anticipate that a lot of planning is going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. You know, vacations are kind of winding down for some people in August, but I'm looking at like September 1st where you hit the ground running. We are doing um, advertising for the position. So again, if anyone out there knows any veteran who works really well with people, really wants to make a difference and help individuals, send them our way because we are going to have positions opening to, to help fill that void and, and to really to help our community. Well, and who should they contact, Deb? Please email any applications or resumes to dwarden, that's D as in Deborah, W-O-R-D-E-N at A-T-I today dot O-R-G. You can also uh, submit things through our website, which is atitoday.org. And, uh, yeah, send me resumes, and I will be more than happy to review them. And we're going to be conducting interviews not um, this week but probably next. So I'm super, super looking forward to getting that accomplished. That's fantastic. Well, you you guys certainly have a big tent and and a lot of stuff going on. I think you're doing remarkable work. So thank you for that on behalf of the veterans and and, and myself. Well, thank you. Thank you, Doug, for always taking the time to talk with us and letting us share all of our information because, you know, I, I really appreciate how you do uh, give us that time and energy. And I, and I also thank you for your service. So, well, I appreciate uh, thank it. Thank you so, so much.
You're listening to Let's Talk Vets on Radio Catskill, WJFF. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. Lori Bryceland knows that there's just something about horses and helps bring out the best in people. Equine therapy is with physical as well as psychological issues. And as you will learn, horses are really great counselors. Hi, Lori. Hi, Doug. How are you? Okay. Welcome to Let's Talk Vets on Radio Catskill. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You have a great show here, and I'm honored to be part of it. Well, it's it's been a while since we spoke. The first time we spoke, you were, uh, I think, assistant director at a uh, therapeutic riding center in Milford called Gate. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And that was before the uh, onset of COVID, and when COVID hit... They had to reduce staff, and it was good news and bad news, I think, for you because it pushed you down the road to do something that I think you wanted to do all along, and that was to establish your own equine therapy riding center, uh, which is now a reality in Victory Hill. That's right. That's exactly what happened, Doug. You said it very well. Okay. <laughs> so, yep, they were their board had to make the decision when COVID hit to reduce staff and um, they made the difficult decision to let me go and it did open a new door for me you know I always believe that when one door closes another one opens and it just opened the door to pursue my dream of opening Victory Health Therapeutic Horsemanship Center in Orange County where I lived and to really service the community here. And where are you located physically? So we're in Greenville. A lot of people don't know where Greenville is. (laughs) Greenville is actually sandwiched between Middletown and Port Jervis. We're right off of 84. Okay. What is your street address? It's 1138 Mountain Road, Port Jervis, New York. So it is a Port Jervis mailing address, but we're located in the town of Greenville. Okay. For the benefit of those who don't know, let's go back and recount what equine therapy is all about, what it does for veterans and others with disabilities. So if you could just review that in a broader context. That's my favorite subject. (laughs) So we have a variety of different programs, everything from therapeutic riding to equine-assisted learning to mental health support, equine-facilitated psychotherapy. But I'll specifically, for the moment, target our Horses for Heroes program, which offers mental health, cognitive support, physical support to our veterans and first responders who have endured typically some kind of trauma. They may be diagnosed PTSD. It may just be a past trauma that's causing them a lot of stress and anxiety. They may have job burnout from all the things that they have seen on the job and are trying to deal with. It may be a veteran who is trying to reintegrate back into society and back into their family. We're about to see an onslaught of that situation with all of the troops being pulled out of Afghanistan right now. We're going to have all these troops coming home who are going to need a tremendous amount of support and help reintegrating in a healthy way, So, which can be an extreme challenge for them. So we are prepared here at Victory Hill to help any of our local veterans or active duty through that process. And in a nutshell, what working with horses does is it helps the brain to repair itself. So when the brain undergoes any sort of trauma or stress or anxiety, they basically get stuck in their brainstem. So if you think about you know, what we do in equine assisted therapies and equine assisted activities is we really study the neuropsychology of the human brain and the horse's brain and how they can complement and heal each other. So when someone has experienced trauma, they get stuck in the brainstem part of the brain. That's the lower part of the brain that's responsible for reactivity, for fight or flight, for hypervigilance, basically for survival. So because of this trauma, their brain has become hyperactive in the brainstem. And so what happens is they cannot move up the brain. We call it bottom-up regulation in a healthy brain that's functioning well. So a healthy functioning brain can do what we call cross-integrate. That means your brain can decide at appropriate times. Someone who has experienced trauma gets stuck in their brainstem and they experience, you know, rampant anger and and out them and they cannot cross integrate. They cannot integrate those other parts of the brain and make healthy decisions. So what we do is working with the horses 
actually helps to heal the neurons and the pathways so that the other parts of the brain can become stronger and the other skills that are developed in those parts of the brain become stronger. And working with horses allows a veteran or first responder to do that in a non-judgmental environment where we absolutely accept wherever they're at. There is no, they're in a non-judgmental environment where the horse can help them heal and they can actually heal the brain. You know, again, I could talk all day about how this happens and why it happens, but we know the science. We know that it works. We know that the horse actually helps to heal these different components in the brain. When first mm -hmm. we talked quite a while ago, over a year ago now, you made the point that horses are extremely intuitive, probably in some cases more intuitive than people, mm -hmm. and they are able to grasp on how you feel right up front. Right. And that's why this works so well, because a horse brain is actually wired exactly the same as someone who's experienced trauma. So a horse brain actually can become stuck in that brain stem. So they understand the hypervigilance, they understand the anxiety, they understand the reactivity. So a horse is so intuitive and tuned into, a, you know, a person or another horse or any other animal or human that comes into their environment because they're prey animals. So for their survival, they have to be completely aware. And basically in the first five seconds that they meet you, they're going to kind of sum you up and decide, is this person a threat? Or is this someone that I can trust? And then, you know, in working with the horse and teaching our veterans and first responders to develop a relationship with that horse and earn their trust, that's actually the exercises we take them through that help to develop those other parts of the brain. Because science has proven that it's through building healthy, connected relationships that we can activate those other parts of the brain and heal trauma. So... What is Horses for Heroes in more specificity, I guess? Uh, how does it work? How does one get involved? Sure. So Horses for Heroes is a program that we that we have developed. Um, I did initially develop this program at um, Gate. And, of course, when we opened Victory Hill, that program came with us. So we now have the program here. And, you know, when a veteran or a first responder or an active duty military person reaches out to me to say that they're interested in learning about the program, I always let them know that there are two initial paths that you can take within the program. So the two avenues they can choose are one is called equine assisted learning, where they would work with myself and one of our horses that they choose from our herd. And I am an equine specialist in mental health and learning. I'm certified to do this work and to work with them. So what I work with them on are, you know, things like mindfulness and mood regulation, recovering from anxiety and recovering from depression. We do a lot of mindfulness and just teaching them how to work that you sitting in your car, you know, you can do it in the store, you know, you could do it at, in the middle of a family function when you feel triggered by something, you know, you can implement the exercises I'm going to teach you here in the barn. So everything we do here needs to be transferable back to real life in order to be useful and helpful. The other avenue they can choose is called equine assisted psychotherapy. And that is done also with myself, but we add to the team our certified mental health counselor, Michael Soto from Bavoy Mental Health Counseling. He is a Marine veteran and he is a first responder. So he completely understands that dynamic and those challenges that come along with those roles in life. So he has been wonderful working with our veterans and first responders who need a little bit more mental health support than I am ethically allowed to offer on my own. So that may be a severe trauma that they've endured and he will work with them on healing the brain functions that have suffered because of that trauma. So we work together as a team when he, they choose that avenue. And it's very fluid. Some start in equine assisted learning, and then they decide they really need more of the counseling aspect of things. So they'll move to the psychotherapy and work with myself and Michael. Some start in psychotherapy and then decide, you know what, after a while, I think I'm good. We've kind of tackled that. I just want to continue with the equine assisted learning. So it's based on the individual's need and where they're at and how we can best help them. 
How has the pandemic affected the base of folks that you serve or are serving already? Well, there's there's so many needs that arose because of the pandemic. So one of the biggest ones was mental health support. So what happened to our clients who were already suffering from anxiety and depression, but perhaps had that somewhat under control when the pandemic hit and they were forced to isolate and not receive live services any longer, all of those conditions became greatly exacerbated. So, and we saw that across the board with our special needs kids and adults with our at-risk youth. So everyone really suffered from a loss of socialization and a loss of services. So from the minute we opened um, or for their children. How does uh, equine therapy fit into treatment for attention deficit disorder? So attention deficit disorder is um, kind of, you can describe it as you know, a spectrum disorder similar to autism. It has a lot of similarities to autism. And a lot of people don't realize that they think that, you know, ADHD is just a hyperactive child that can't pay attention. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. If it's a child, we generally work with them through our therapeutic riding program. And we teach them all sorts of strategies. And therapeutic riding itself actually helps to them to develop their brain in different ways. So the easiest way for me to explain that is that we know scientifically that therapeutic riding, as well as groundwork with horses, helps to stimulate four different what we call happy chemicals in the brain. And that would be oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, and endorphins. As sometimes a child with ADHD, as well as a child on the autism spectrum disorder, lacks those chemicals in their brain. So when they're riding and those chemicals are stimulated, we see a different cognitive, different level of cognitive function, a higher level of cognitive function. Um, I hear from parents over and over and over again, from the very first time their child rides, they are absolutely amazed how they were able to completely focus and pay attention for a whole 30 minute lesson. When at home, they can't get them to pay attention for 30 seconds. (laughs) So, and again, that has to do with the actual changes in the brain that occur because of the riding or their work with horses. So it constantly amazes me. I said, I feel like we get to see miracles every day. So the more we can teach that brain to function, our hope is that the child is then, again, transferring those skills to home and school and daily living. Pretty amazing uh, across the board. So Victory Hill is now up and running and um, you're on a, a steady basis, I guess. We are. We are very, very busy. That's good. Um, That's good. So, yeah, we're very busy. I said, you know, we're growing so quickly. We have a lot of exciting collaborations within the community that are taking place. As you know, Doug, because you are a member as well, we are a member of the Hudson Valley Veteran Task Force, and that has allowed us tremendous collaborations within our community with other organizations that serve veterans and first responders as well. So a lot of growth has come out of those partnerships and we have a lot of exciting things that are happening. Um, We are, for example, um, on September 10th, we are doing a day retreat with another organization called Action Toward Independence. And Mark Herbert is a member of the task force as well. So we're going to be putting on a day retreat for that organization. And um, that's something really exciting that we're really looking forward to. And we have many, many, many other um, projects that are um, not quite ready for announcement, but they're they're in the cooker. <laughs> so we have a lot of exciting things going on. ATI is a great organization, and Mark Herbert is uh our uh, friend of this program and a very handsome individual, I might add. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would too. He's got a great he's got a great beard these days. I met him before he, he had a beard. I mean, you know, <laughs> and a good heart. Mark yeah. has a great heart, and he's doing a great uh, dog program up there as well. Yes, he is. We're a big so. fan of dog programs, and they're now um, going to be providing uh, Dwyer vet to vet peer counseling. Yes, that's amazing. That's great. So tell us about this uh, man of war. Yeah, we are really, really excited to have recently received the good news that we have been selected to uh, for a scholarship that will allow our staff here to receive training 
for a curriculum that was developed during something called the Man of War study. The Man of War study was conducted by Columbia University out of Manhattan in conjunction with the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. It was, a, I believe, a three-year study where they actually took MRI images of a veteran who was known uh, to be diagnosed with PTSD. They would take images of their brains to show brain function before equine-assisted therapy and then after 10 weeks of treatment, and they were able to map the changes. And as I tried to describe earlier, we know that equine-assisted therapy actually changes the way that the brain functions, and now they have this scientific evidence to prove it. So they took this curriculum that they used for this project, and they published it, and they are now offering it as a pilot program to um, a few selected centers around the country, and we were selected to pilot this program, which is just very, very exciting. So sometime in September, we'll begin our training on the curriculum. And then we hope to very soon after that, pilot the program here and open it up to uh, local veterans who would like to be part of this pilot program. Well, that's fantastic news. And Victory Hill is uh, a great organization. I'm so happy that you survived and flourished in the, um, the transition through COVID and all the challenges that that brought to every organization, mm -hmm. but especially um, the changes that you went through. So as we close here, uh, last thoughts, and then um, tell people how they can see what you do, get in touch with you, and uh, the rest of the contact information that we need. Sure. I will mention um, a couple of things that we have going on right now. So coming up on October 16th, in support of our Horses for Heroes program, we are having an event called a Road Rally. It is a community-wide scavenger hunt. We have partnered with local businesses to um, help promote those businesses and um, ask them to partner with us. For this scavenger hunt, it's going to be a whole day of fun. It start, it'll start at 11 o'clock in the morning and run till approximately 4 in the afternoon. And um, ticket holders will actually receive a list of clues so they can find these different businesses. And at each business, there's a fun thing that they're going to have to do. So we're putting together the package and some of these business owners have come up with the most fun activities for people to do when they arrive at their business. They'll also get some sort of little giveaway. And if you complete the mission, you go into a grand prize drawing for a weekend getaway at Lake Mohawk. So it's going to be a great event. We're inviting all of you to come on out. Um, tickets and information will be posted to our website very soon. VictoryHillTH.org. Again, that's Victory Hill, T as in therapeutic, H as in horsemanship.org. We also are on Facebook. That's a great place to see the daily goings on here and get a glimpse at our lots of pictures and videos of the different things that we do here are on our Facebook page. And you can just search for Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship on Facebook. You're always welcome to call and chat with me about the programs that we have. And our number here is 845 843-0020. Outstanding, Lori Bryceland. Thank you for your time and thank you for being a part once again of Let's Talk Vets here on Radio Catskill. Thank you so much, Doug. To Don Shaw, Director of VA Hudson Valley Healthcare System, Deb Warden, Executive Director Action Toward Independence, and Lori Bryceland, founder and executive director of Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship. And to you for joining us once again. Please let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future shows. Also, send us your upcoming events so we can talk about them. And if you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety and need to speak with someone, contact the VA 24 by 7. You can dial 800 273-8255 and press 1 to speak with someone. Or you can send a text to 838-255 to connect with the VA responder. Or you can start a confidential online chat session at veteranscrisisline.net forward slash chat. You can send me an email at vets at wjffradio.org. And don't forget that Let's Talk Vets is now widely available as a podcast. Until our next formation, thanks for listening. Thank you for your service. Company dismissed. 
From the battle lines to the grocery lines, from the harsh terrain to the carpool lane, from the M16 to did you brush your teeth? Mommy, where have you been? Trying to explain why I'm a little different than I was six months ago. I seem a little distant, but I'm trying not to let it show. When you think about a soldier, do you think about? From the battle lines to the grocery lines, from the harsh terrain to the carpool lane, from the M16 to did you brush your teeth? Mommy, where have you been? Trying to explain why I'm a little different than I was six months ago. I seem a little distant, but I'm trying not to let it show. When you think about a soldier, do you think about me? And do you think about a woman in a man's fatigues? I fight like all the others, stand beside my band of brothers. I sacrifice and pay the price so we can only. When you think about a soldier, do you think about me? From a life grenade to a soccer game, from an armored vest to a Sunday dress, from a Humvee to do you still love me? Since you left, now I'm a little different than I was six months ago. It's a tough transition over there and then back to home. When you think about a soldier, do you think about me? Do you think about a woman? Those are the shimmering opening bars of Jesse Montgomery's Banner, performed by the Catalyst Quartet. We'll hear that and lots more chamber music Thursday morning at 10 on Something Old, Something New. I'm Kit, and I hope you'll join me right here on Radio Catskill. 
WJFF Support comes from the Law we Office are- of John Ferrara in Monticello, providing legal services in the areas of matrimonial and family law and criminal defense. John. Ferrara.